Hello and welcome to the 10 Minute More or Less podcast. My name is Carlos Anthony. I would like to thank my patrons who went to patreon.com slash carlosanthonycomedy and are supporting what I'm doing here. All right, this podcast is going to be a quick one today. I was going to make this longer and more elaborate, but I don't have the time. I'm going to be working on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Monday, I had a bunch of things to do, so I didn't have enough time to make this podcast as long as I wanted to. So I'm going to fit everything I want to talk to um, in a smaller space in a shorter amount of time. All right, so we're going to talk about the Oscars. Of course, it took place on Sunday. And the Oscars opened with what I thought wasn't the best choice. It opened up with Justin Timberlake singing the theme song for Trolls, which was nominated for an Oscar. But these are the Oscars. These aren't the Grammys. These aren't the American Music Awards. So I don't understand why they didn't open up with some sort of movie montage or some sort of movie parody as some hosts have done in the past. Opening with Justin Timberlake singing what sounds just like a regular pop song to open the Oscars didn't, I don't know, it didn't go well. To me, that didn't start the show right. And then Jimmy Kimmel came out and they did some sort of where Justin Timberlake threw the microphone towards Jimmy Kimmel for him to catch it and obviously Jimmy Kimmel didn't catch it and it wasn't it just fell flat then Jimmy Kimmel started um, straight with his monologue kind of doing like a roast of the people in the room which is usually what most of the hosts do and then he launched into his Matt Damon attack which is one of his classic bits from his uh, late night show if you've ever seen it, every time Matt Damon comes to his show, Jimmy Kimmel always treats him like crap. So he continued with that, and this is the bit that he used to open a long night of Matt Damon-themed jokes. I would like to bury the hatchet with someone I've had issues with. Matt Damon. Now, Matt, I've known Matt for a long time. Now, you know what? I've known Matt so long. When I first met Matt... I was the fat one, okay? True. And we've had problems. He's a selfish person. Those of you who've worked with him know this. But Matt did something very unselfish, and I want to commend him for it. For real. Matt, as you probably know, could have starred in Manchester by the Sea. He was the producer. It's nominated for six Oscars, including lead actor. And he could have taken that lead actor part for himself but he didn't he gave that role to casey affleck his childhood friend he handed what turned out to be an oscar caliber role over to his friend and made a chinese ponytail movie instead and and that movie the great wall went on to lose 80 million dollars smooth move dumbass See, it's so easy to reach out and heal. So that was the first of many jokes that will come later for Matt Damon. Some of them were funny, but at the same time, it just felt like they were trying too hard. And if you've never seen the Jimmy Kimmel show or have ever seen the episodes where he makes fun of Matt Damon, you probably wouldn't understand what was happening and why he was making so much fun of Matt Damon. 
So it was kind of like an inside joke kind of thing. And I, I don't know how many viewers might have been lost on it. But it was okay. Then he started uh, making jokes about Trump, of course. Because why wouldn't you? It's the topic of the hour and maybe the next four years. And so this is his first Trump joke. We, and I want to say, I, maybe this is not a popular thing to say, but I want to say thank you to President Trump. I mean, remember last year when it seemed like the Oscars were racist? And the joke is referring to, if you don't remember last year, the whole debacle of uh, Oscars so white because there weren't enough people of color being represented on the awards. And that prompted some change within the Academy for them to elect new members, more racially diverse members, to be a part of the Academy and help with picking the nominees for this year. And that's how we got such a diverse Oscars this year. But, of course, there were more Trump jokes. And this is the other Trump joke that he made for the night, referencing our president's love for Twitter, tweeting like a 15-year-old high school student does. Actually, I think 15-year-old high school students have more re restraint when it comes to Twitter. I might be wrong, but something tells me that they might have more restraint than the president. Your friend, some of you will get to come up here on this stage tonight and give a speech that the president of the United States will tweet about in, in all caps during his 5 a.m. bowel movement tomorrow. And with that in mind, I wonder if his poop is orange too. You know, just thinking about this man sitting on the toilet, it's a disturbing image. That's what that is. And then we had our first winner. Mahershala Ali. And everyone was expecting that this Oscars show was going to be highly political because that's kind of the route the Golden Gloves took. And also there was some of that at the SAG Awards. So a lot of people were thinking that the Oscars were going to go the same way. A lot of people decided to boycott the Oscars because of this reason. It turned out that it was actually pretty tame and mild when it came to political statements, which I think a lot of people were disappointed with. I don't know. I, I wasn't. I thought, yes, we will probably hear more than what we did, but I didn't think it was going to be crazy political because this goes around the world and... As an actor, you are a brand and you don't want to alienate your audience. You know, you don't want people to stop going to watch the product that you're putting out there because you you have different opinions than the other half of the country. I think that's maybe why, why ABC decided to open the show with a movie montage and a satire of the movies. Because you could have gone political with that very easily. And I don't know why ABC would have been scared to do that, because in reality, the majority of the country voted for the other person, not for our current president. So the night went on. I don't have the time to tell you each winner and give you my take on each winner as I was hoping to do. Uh, this is going to be more of a critique or talk about the show in general. Okay, you know what? Screw it really quick. So, Mahershala Ali. Totally deserved to win his award. Um, surprise to me was Casey Affleck winning because I did not think 
that he was going to win the Oscar. I thought it was going to be Denzel Washington who was going to take it. Disappointment, Emma Stone. And I knew Emma Stone was going to win it because it felt like it was her year. But I think one, some of the other actresses, excluding Meryl Streep, sh should have taken it because they had more challenging parts than Emma Stone did in La La Land. Viola Davis, of course, that was 100% hers to take. La La Land for Best Original Score and Cinematography and all that 100% makes sense. It's a musical, but kind of weird that they don't win Original Song and Best Score when it's a musical. And Best Director, uh, we had... Damien Chazelle, the director of La La Land. I don't know. I think winner for Best Director should have been the director of Moonlight, Barry Jenkins, because it makes sense. Moonlight is a better movie than La La Land was or is. I'm not trying to take merit from La La Land. La La Land is a good movie for what it is, a good musical and the story is good and the music is good too. But the subject matter in Moonlight and the way that movie is done and for the budget that it was done is a better movie. It's exactly what I was talking about on my last podcast about why I like movies and why I like the Oscars. It's exactly because of this reason. Moonlight is an, is, is an example of what I was talking about. And I'm going to talk about the whole Best Picture fiasco later but yeah the director of moonline should have taken it 100 percent. and for best documentary oj made in america i would have never thought in a thousand million years that oj made in america was going to win best documentary it's no way that was another surprise okay that's it for that so at one point jimmy kimmel decided to i, I can't remember if it was last year or the, or the year before when ellen brought a um, pizza delivery guy to deliver some pizzas to the people at the Kodak Theater, now known as the Dolby Theater, but to me will always be the Kodak Theater. And so I, I think, you know, Jimmy Kimmel tried to do something similar, and, and throughout the night they dropped these bags with um, candy for everybody there. That was a nice idea. It was a cool idea. Now I'm wondering if Jimmy Kimmel doesn't host next year and somebody else hosts, what kind of food will they be serving the people in the uh, in the auditorium? We'll probably go tacos or... Yeah, bro, tacos? Yeah. You won't be there, um, stoner guy. Oh, bummer, bro. Fried chicken. The possibilities are endless. I just hope the tradition continues and it evolves into crazier ways of dropping food on these people or bringing food to these people. You know, get creative with it. Make it make it the Oscars drop food show. That that will bring viewers, I think. If you watch a show, the drops weren't very there weren't there wasn't a lot that was dropped. It looked like a lot on camera, but it really wasn't a lot. And I think the Academy kind of cheaped out on that. They have enough money where they could have dropped a lot more of these little baggies. But it's a pretty interesting idea. 
um, at one point, Jimmy Kimmel had people in a tour bus and they didn't know that they were going to be coming into the Dolby Theater and actually be live at the Oscars in the auditorium. So that was the quote-unquote prank that he was going to play. And I don't think he played very well because the people didn't seem as surprised or stunned as he was probably hoping they would be, as probably the audience watching the show, even the people sitting at the auditorium were expecting them to be. And it actually took a long time, took a long time from what was going on. You Again, stick to kind of the, the classics that have worked throughout the years, which is doing parodies of the different movies that are nominated for the Oscars. You know, you, you, can, you can get very creative with those things. Now, I'm not saying that the jokes and the pranks, like this bus thing that he did, aren't creative but i don't i don't think that they work on this type of show and i'll give it to them they they took a risk that didn't really work but they took a risk so you know what i'll take it back i'll take it back a little bit it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great it wasn't the best idea but you still tried it now you know that you shouldn't do it again now you know and so we made it to the end of night when the best picture is going to be announced. The top award of the night is going to be given out. And so Warren Beatty came out with Faye Dunaway to do the announcement. And they had this whole thing they said and the montage. And then this is what happened. Academy Award. For best picture. You're impossible. <laughs> Come on. La La Land. So what's happening there? Warren Beatty has the envelope. And he opened it and he's reading it. Right? And he looks at it once. He looks at it twice. And the reason why people start laughing is because he's making a face. And people think that he's kind of like joking around. Doing like whole suspense thing before doing the announcement. And he just hands the envelope to Faye Dunaway so she can do the announcement. And she announces La La Land. Then this happens. Okay, thank you. Thank you all. Um, thank you to the Academy. Thank you to <laughs> Lionsgate. Thank you to our incredible cast and crew. We're all up here right now. So then he is giving this speech. His thank you speech that clearly he's written and perfected and practice because when you are the favorite movie to win picture of the year at the oscars you have that shit locked down and ready to go and then another of the producers comes up and does his speech too and then this guy comes up to give his speech and he says something that when i heard it, i was like what is he talking about Trip. It's the love of my life, Ali Lowy. I'm up here because of you. I love you so much. To my family, maman, papa, Jeff, homage, vous adore. Matt Pluff, you kicked this off. And Damien Chazelle, we're standing on your shoulders. We lost, by the way, but... And when he said that, I, th I thought to myself, what? I don't get the joke. What do you mean you lost, by the way? 
And I also thought it was weird that while he was giving this part of his speech, there was a bunch of people on stage. Like there was more people that had come up on stage. And you could also tell there was people uh, that were backstage because they had the headsets and everything. So there was clearly something wrong, but we just didn't know what it was yet. And then the producer of La La Land comes to the mic and says this. You know. Guys, guys, I'm sorry. No, there's a mistake. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Moonlight, Best Picture. unfortunate what happened personally I blame Steve Harvey for this I would like to see you get an Oscar anyway why can't we just give out a whole bunch of them I'm going to be really proud to hand this to my friends from Moonlight that's nice of you that's very nice And so then Warren Beatty goes to explain what happened. And what he explains was that he had the envelope that said La La Land, Emma Stone. And the reason why he read it and reread it is not because he was trying to play around and, and be funny, but it's because he just wasn't sure of what he was seeing. So he gave it to Faye Dunaway to kind of be his second set of eyes, and she just read it out. Now let's go to the Moonlight speech, because that's the important part. This cannot be true, but to hell with dreams. I'm done with it, because this is true. Oh, my goodness. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And I have to say, and it is true, it's not fake. We've been on the road with these guys for so, so long, and that was so gracious and so generous of them. My love to La La Land, my love to everybody. Man. Thank you to the I don't know what to say. That was really I'm not sure I'm still not sure this is real, but thank you to the Academy and um, it is so humbling to be standing up here with hopefully still the Lala crew. No, okay, they're gone, but it's very humbling to be up here. And I think I hope even more than that that it's um, inspiring to people, little little black boys and brown girls and other folks watching at home who feel marginalized and who take some inspiration from seeing this beautiful group of artists helmed by this amazing talent, my friend Barry Jenkins, standing up here on the stage accepting this top honor. You know, there was a time when I, when I thought this movie was impossible because I couldn't, I couldn't bring it to fruition. I couldn't bring myself to tell another story. And so everybody behind me on the stage said, no, that is not acceptable. So I just want to thank everybody up here behind me, everybody out there in that room, because we didn't do this. You guys chose us. Thank you for the choice. I appreciate it. Much love. Good night. Thank you so much. All right. So that was the end of the night. 
And yes, everybody will always forever remember the Moonlight won Best Picture because of this horrible mistake. How did the mistake happen? It doesn't matter. No one knows. Price Waterhouse Cooper, who's in charge of tabulating the votes and keeping the envelope safe and blah, 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 is going to launch an investigation and whatever. Shit happens. The important reason on why this is an issue is because Moonlight didn't get its due. They didn't get the whole voiceover narration that they do when someone wins saying uh, what the historical meaning of the win is. Also, they didn't really get to do their speech because there's bunch of people around, there's all this confusion going around that no one really knows what the hell to make out of this. And everybody's actually more focused on the incident than the winner. And why is Moonlight important as a movie, as a best picture winner? One is a movie made mostly by African Americans. It's a story about African-Americans, modern African-Americans. And also, it's a story about being gay in the African-American community, especially in the urban communities. And so all of that makes this movie important for the future, for what studios might put up on screens for people to watch. And a lot of that is going to get lost because of what happened. That's And that's unfair. I mean, they did win an Oscar. I get it. And I'm probably making too much of it. But I will be pretty pissed if I had made this $1 million movie that no one gave a chance and I win Best Picture. And they screw me over like that. That feeling will just probably never go away. Because what are the chances that you'll ever be up there again? No one knows. When I saw that, though, I thought, wouldn't it have been great if the elections would have been like that? Like, you win. You are the president. Hashtag just kidding. Actually, the better candidate won. Just like in this case, the better movie won. Would it have been great if the producers of the Oscars would have handled the elections? Would have been a better outcome for everyone involved. Just like in the Oscars. Oh my god. Amazing. Anyway, that's my post-Oscar show. Thank you so much for listening to me. My name is Carlos Anthony. Go to patreon.com slash carlosanthonycomedy to see how you can support me. Facebook.com slash carlosanthonycomedy for details on my stand-up shows. Or you can also find me at C. Anthony is fun on Twitter. Have a great week.